What, what scene? It's Pacino and De Niro, the only scene until the Irishman they've got now. Well, you know I look like Val Kilmer a little bit, or I used to mm. a long time ago. So You look like Val Kilmer before he added like 150 pounds. Which well, thank I, you. I appreciate that. I love that. you, Val, but... I might get frosty tips just he's, since you said that. He's he's a hashtag doughy strength boy now, so... Yes, indeed. I haven't seen him recently, but I assume he's still the same as when I saw him like two years ago. I don't know. Yeah, I know. A beached whale. Welcome to the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. We are actually going to talk basketball. We're not movie reviewing today. So if this is your first time joining us, I'm pulling up welcome. the IMDb page for Val Kilmer right now as we mm-hmm. speak. I'm not, but later, off air, we'll talk about it. Taylor and I are fresh from the arena. We saw in-person basketball, up close and personal. Virginia, North Carolina. We're going to review a little bit of that experience. I'll review some of the... Uh, comments from the post game from uh, both Huckleberry, the Virginia guys, and then also the Carolina locker room, which I was a part of. So here's what we have on the agenda today. We're a little bit shorthanded. We're underbanned. It's going to be a two-man pod for the most part. Taylor pick and, Pilkington pick to my pop, left. Pick and roll. I'm Luke Near, your host, and we're going to call Vegas Mike Jaffe, who is out on some kind of excursion. He doesn't really tell us what, when, why, how. An, an excursion. Yeah. We'll what just a great word that. for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to call him for some picks at the tail end of the episode, so stay tuned for that. But for now... It's officially the drunk year in college basketball, so we're just going to continue on that thread. Taylor, do you disagree at all? Uh, I don't know if it's the drunk one, but I feel like in the ACC, the year. it's yeah. every team Everybody's, is... no, they're not themselves. Nobody's themselves. A lot of good defense. Okay, sure. <laughs> no, I was. Everybody's turning into Virginia. I was watching this Virginia-Carolina game, what is it, 5-5 five, five with about 10 minutes to go in the first half, something like that. I might be exaggerating, but it was 5-5. Five, five. It's maybe at the under 12. I don't know what it was. And I said, wow. I remember watching Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Gill, Mike Toby, Devin Hall. Even Mariel Shayok was involved in that game going against Bryce Johnson, Kennedy Meeks, Joel Berry. Kennedy Meeks, RIP the GOAT. Continue. That, and up close and personal, courtside on press row for the ACC title game. What was that, 2015? Humble brag, courtside press row. We've come a little bit. We've come. I don't know if we've come a long ways, but um, these teams are a little bit different. Programs, I mean, obviously depleted because of what they lost last year. But anyway, the ACC in general this year, I'm gonna start. Everyone is underperforming. Everyone but Louisville. Uh, Duke has been aside from Stephen F. Austin. Duke's been pretty good. uh, I've been pretty impressed. are Are we sure? We'll talk about Duke in a little bit, but... We'll talk about all these teams in a little bit. First and foremost, who is the line? I want to know who the heck is the line. Do you have an answer for me? I mean, you're not going to like it because it's way far down. Who are you going to say is the line? I think it's... Oh, jeez. I think it's... This is how we need to start every single uh, podcast from here on out. Who's the line? I think is it's... Is it your NC State Wolfpack? No. No, well, they're above the line. Oh, really? I think it's Are you uh, sure? Clemson. No. Yeah. Clemson just got smacked. Yeah, I, they're below the line. That's what I'm saying. Well, who's the line? Uh, I mean, probably Syracuse. Ugh. No, they're no, so that's bad. Syracuse. You cannot. They're just, so bad. <laughs> okay, the anomaly Syracuse performance. We're going to talk about that because that came out of nowhere. They scored but 97 points. That's what this team does every now and then. Who I mean, does last, that? Okay, no, last year they did the exact same act. Do you remember? Against they won in Cameron against Zion Williamson. You remember that, don't you? Yes. Well, they won in Cameron against Zion Williamson. Half out of game nowhere. Zion Williamson. Huh? Didn't he come out of that game? 
No, he he played the entire way. Let me see. Cam Reddish didn't play, and everybody thought that that was what it was. No, everybody thought it was a thing. Oh, Cam Reddish didn't play, and though oh wait, you know it doesn't really matter if Cam Reddish plays in the NBA or college basketball. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So, classic Syracuse. What else happened this week in the league? Georgia Tech. The natives are restless officially. Yeah, they're restless. You know, Georgia Tech looking pretty good against Nebraska. That Syracuse loss, I have no clue what's going on. There. Really, That's really bad. Wild. Um, just give pretty good on defense. I think I said that last week until giving up 97 points against Syracuse. I'm not trying to be completely negative, Nancy, but let's just continue to go down this rabbit hole. Notre Dame. Wow, looks like the same team as last year, Mike Bray. I mean, I know you had high hopes. You said wait till next year. Next year is pretty much identical. We're going to get to all these teams. I mean, that yeah, that Notre Dame-Boston College game was like an Irish wake. You know, somebody <laughs> died, but there was a lot of drinking, Yeah, and we all had fun. I agree with that. What a great – you know what? Bravo. You're hey, on target right I now. I wrote that one down watching the game, so don't really give me too much credit, okay? It's not like I'm that spontaneous. What else did I watch this week? I watched Duke-Virginia Tech on replay – what else did I go over? I know I was I was straying for the conference. I was watching some Maryland, Illinois. I don't know. I found myself watching strange games. Butler and whoever Butler was playing and beat Florida. I like, I like Illinois. I, fa- I found myself playing that, watching that game. Yeah. Anyway, I was all over the place, all over the map. Let me tell you about Illinois. I was watching that Miami Illinois game where Miami almost gave it all back. Uh, they were up yeah. by twenty and they almost gave it all back. Which will well, also I mean, talk I got about- your text on on the group with uh, you know. You saying, I never, never for a second doubted Jim Laranaga. I never doubted him. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah, Miami must be doing well. And I checked the final score. I was like, well, you know, got a slight win. But then I, I read the, the game story and, and went here's, over here's how, how the action transpired. Here's how confident I was. I was watching that game at home. Miami goes up. I'm like, good, we got it in the bag. Trying to be a little healthier, lifestyle, you know, not not go up, balloon up to Val Kilmer 2019 levels. Yeah. I went to the gym and was running on the treadmill with all the other uh, suburban wine moms. Good. Watching. I did that. I did the same thing. Watching the end of that game and texting you guys while I was on the treadmill. I do not have the coordination to text and run at the same time. Which speed were you going at? It was tough. I prefer not to say. 7.0? No, I like to do the thing where I. 6.3? I Wow. Walk fast? I put the incline up as high as possible, how, but how walk high? super slow, so I'm like leaning back and holding onto the railings. That thing. Well, if you hold on, it doesn't do gives anything. You, gives you a great ass. Oh, no. That's what it does. That's what I'm talking that. about. Okay, back to basketball. I, I'm in it to look good in a bathing suit. The ACC Big Ted Challenge, just a quick recap about the carnage that was piled up in the form of Virginia, in the form of North Carolina, in the form of Florida State. Did not see that one coming. But, you know, once I saw the first couple minutes of action, I was like, okay, this is the Assembly Hall game for Indiana in the non-conference. It absolutely was. We expected this, correct? What? We, I mean... Yeah, we all, I picked the Big Ten. And, yeah, yeah, Big Ten. But so everyone kind of knew. We all knew. Yeah. It was, a, it was a train that we saw coming just very slowly. No one got off the tracks. Iowa wins in the Carrier Dome easily. This is still day one. And then day two, Maryland throttles Notre Dame. We all saw that coming, except for you. I'm sorry, Taylor. I don't know why you're hitching yourself to this ship, which is going down quickly. You're like tied to the anchor. Right I now. believe in Mike good. Bray. Purdue absolutely embarrasses Virginia. Ohio State takes it to North Carolina in the Smith Center. And then what else happened? Uh, well, Penn State over Wake Forest. We knew that. And then NC State really saved the day at the end. Just, I don't know. 
got a point. Bravo. Good job. It almost felt like, yeah, you know. I mean, Wisconsin is not that good, so I, let's not get too worked Wisconsin's up. Wisconsin's not good at all. Yeah. No. So, did you? Did we learn anything this week? That's how we're going to start every podcast, along with who's the line, what did we learn this week, who are you selling, who are you buying? Well, you're buying everybody because you're Taylor. Oh, no. I was way... I mean, this was a very dispiriting week for me. I it felt, was. I... I I generally, I'm not really one of those people who's like an SEC football fan who just starts chanting SEC during mm-hmm. you know anything that's yeah. happening for ACC basketball. But it was tough to see uh, a lot of teams lose, and I mean, it felt like there were not that many close games. Like every game was a double digit blowout, and the only thing that was surprising was maybe not the outcome, but like the margin of victory. You know, mm-hmm. the Big Ten teams all seem more physical, with the exception being Louisville is pretty physical. I think with Enoch. Mainly it's all about Enoch, and I, I love everything that's happened with him as far as how he's transformed his body, how he's moving around in the paint, and how he's just, I don't know, on a complete tear right now. I just think all, like a lot of the ACC teams are one-dimensional. Everybody, I mean, aside, Louisville's very well-rounded. Virginia. Or maybe they're just zero dimensions. I, I don't know what Carolina's dimension is. I don't know what Virginia's dimension is after watching that game. I mean, defense. Yeah. Playing slow and playing defense. Mm. Francisco Cafaro, your new American hero. So it was like Jerry rigging it. That's of, Virginia's, I guess, new thing. I, d- I they, had someone say to me, a total stranger, who uh, said to me in the JPJ huh. uh, about Cafaro after he like got a rebound and made a basket. What about him? The new Jack Salt and was celebrating wildly. And oh, I you know what's amazing? I got a text from I did not know what to say to Our that. friend, uh, Patty Scudover, who said... He's not Irish, by the way, but you know, I just I'm shortening his name. In his who's, heart, who said immediately, Jack Salt 2.0. The Irishman on Netflix now. Everybody check it out. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of weird, uh, you know, cultural things wrapped up in the fact that everybody is so quick to call him Jack Salt. But whatever, we'll get past that. No, oh, you, you have to add the 2.0 at the end. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, 2.0. Yes. I'm gonna have a new metric solely based on old men. You know, it's my version of Kin Palm or something like that totally based on old men live in game commenting on stuff and it's going to be like what player gets the most old man comments or old man hate you know mm-hmm. Mike Toby very low on the old man scale old yeah, men do not yeah. like him I mean I Francisco Cafaro right now there was a guy who's very high, high on the old man high, scale high very high scoring very well old man love OML Jack Salt was, very was high on the scale as well I just know that from my father and some others involved yeah. and step also step one be let, white Step mm-hmm. two, rebound the ball. Well, Step three, not necessarily because don't Mike, be that good. Do you remember what Mike Toby looked like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, <laughs> that's true. People hated Mike. Toby. I was a yeah press row, and there was somebody who was sitting behind me, a season ticket holder, who would be like, "Come on, Toby!" It would be that every single well, yes. every single game. We well, had a whole taxonomy. Come if on, Toby! If you're a coach's son, then you go way up in the old man. Buddy Bayheim. Yeah. Coach's son, super high. Joe Girard. If you're from upstate New York, super high. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you play the game the right way, I'm throwing some walk quotes, on. You get it. A walk on off the charts. Yeah. yeah, big time. Yeah, I like that. The old man meter. Yeah, we're gonna start. Oh, that's using even that. better. The old man meter. Yeah, you you've all seen them. You know what they look like. You know how they sound. It's basically me after like two beers. So who's on the all ACC old man meter? Sir Wojo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we start with Wojo in the backcourt. Who else do we have? We can't throw in Paulus because he was too highly no, touted, right? No. Nobody nobody likes how he wears those glasses on the sidelines. 
Uh, why am I only thinking of Duke players right yeah. now? This is bad. Because that was the stereotype, right? Mm. We're going to get back to this. We yeah. need to do some thorough critical thinking, deep thoughts tonight. Taylor, you, me, and maybe Jaffe. Okay, we'll see. Anyway, well, that's a good little intro to this week. But Taylor, it's now time for this segment. The return of this segment, okay? I've been waiting for this. I forgot to do it last week, but it's time for this week on Coaches in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Who do you want me to start with? I've got three candidates. I've got Huckleberry Hound, I've got Joshy Washy, and I have Buddy Colvin. Uh, Start with Roy. Let's start with Roy. Just saw the man in the flesh at the podium. He said this is the most frustrated he's ever been. Ever. I'm not making this up. Ever. You can go check the press conference. Check the post game. He says, this is the most frustrated I've ever been. I suppose he's speaking in terms of basketball and not life. What was the question that prompted that? Hmm. How frustrated are you right now? (laughs) (laughs) Something simple. So not a leading question at all. Yeah. uh, And he said he usually knows how to push buttons, but I just... um. I'm not pushing the right buttons with these guys, and I need to start pushing more, see what they can do. Oh, he's frustrated at his players. Yeah, and himself. He, I mean, he keeps talking about how you know, the head basketball coach of North Carolina got his uh, buns whipped, and uh, it's not the first time, but the uh, head basketball coach of North Carolina got his buns whipped. So I, I think there's, there's Your a Your impression frust- has gotten a deeper voice now. Okay, well, it's not intentional. What did Cole Anthony say in response to that? Because you also just talked to him in the in the post. Cole Anthony would full Russell Westbrook in, in the post game. Just short answers coming at, I guess I don't know, snapping back at some questions. So that was the Cole Anthony experience. And my only thing is, all right, don't have sour grapes, man. When you turn the ball over six times, you have one assist, and you go three of six at the line and four of fifteen from the field. No sour grapes, okay. Let's not talk about calls or, I'm or anything like that. I'm I would be pretty bad in a post-game press conference. Do you think so? Yeah. Why? Anytime I, oh, you know, anytime I did something wrong, I, I do this already in I my feel life. like you'd be more like an Andrew Playtech. I blame Very you open. You, oh. You articulate. I think now, you would do he, actually pretty well. What did Playtech talk to you about? Yeah, just stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Pretty generic. Religion, politics. <laughs> we didn't go that far. No. Okay. Continuing on this segment, we need to talk about Leonard Hamilton, a.k.a. Buddy Colvin, and his Twitter account. I'm so excited about it. The resurgence, the revitalization of the Leonard Hamilton Twitter account. Do we know the backstory of when this started? I don't. It just started popping up on our feed. It's and like I this season. It. He's just much more active. I can't believe you didn't catch on to this. I because did not. he tweeted out that some people say, I look like this character. I'm looking at it right now. Which is Buddy Colvin. And he says, I'm much more handsome. I love that. I also liked how he tweeted out that he hasn't aged any and... Ten years. Yeah, he made, he was joking about. It. He's also uh, he has never seen The Wire. He said he's never uh-huh. seen it. So I mean, good recommendation, Leonard. You sure. should listen to that. Yeah. Uh, you should I listen love, to The Wire. Okay. Uh, yeah, listen to it. Listen to the audio podcast. So he is actually Buddy Colvin. Okay. Serial he's, season he's, four. Okay. Uh, I really enjoy that when he when people were talking about the ten year challenge, right? You post a picture in two thousand nine. Sure. Post picture. He posted that and he said, "I promise these photos are accurate." Of course, he looks the exact same. Mm told y'all about the ham sauce. I really enjoy it. I think I'm going to work the ham sauce into my everyday lexicon from now on. You should. And it just goes to prove my theory that I think there is no one Leonard Hamilton. It's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. You know, over the years, there's just a, you know, whoever rises up in his place takes over it's for true. Leonard Hamilton. And this this version of Leonard Hamilton, this man. is different from, the game was over. 
That was that's right. a different one. Right. This guy now has just is a guy you got someone who's like really into Twitter. Yeah. That's that's how it is. Do you think it's really him? I mean, it's him in that Leonard Hamilton is more than a man. No, who's controlling the, he's uh, the a Twitter legend. account? He's a story. You have suspicions oh, no. that he's not controlling oh, the Twitter no. account. I, I know. I think he's got Oh man, well that just ruins everything. I okay, that's it for this week I on coaches. We'll save Josh Passner for next week when I don't know things start continuing. He's definitely got a social media assistant on staff who's doing this. Okay, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Maybe he dictates it to them. Yeah, it's twenty nineteen. That's what happens. You know what? I changed that. Believe in something, Luke. Let's believe in something. Come on. What do you want to believe in? That Leonard Hamilton writes his own tweets. I do. And it's a very diverse Twitter account. I would recommend it as a follow. I mean, he's out here making Space Jam jokes. This mm-hmm. is fantastic. References to Space Jam. Bold prediction. And you don't think it's him. Anyway. He, he's Leonard Hamilton cameo in Space Jam 2 starring LeBron James and Anthony Davis. 20, and Tweety Bird. Don't forget. 2023. You heard it here first. Fair enough. On to our next segment, Taylor. And you and I are just going to go back and forth on this. Why don't you introduce it? The sure. title. You have it all. Eloquently yeah. laid out. This is called uh, The Stages of ACC Grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about and it. And this is from a man, you know, who who thinks about death a lot. You know, Mike was making fun of me the other day. He said, Taylor, you give me a lot of book recommendations, and they all deal with, like, people, you know, living in the suburbs, dealing with the fact that eventually they're going to die and they're mm-hmm. depressed and But sad. it's okay, because when that happens for you or me, we're going to have an Irish funeral. right. It's going to be a huge I'm 50%. Wake. That's I'm going to have a New Orleans like second line just right down the street. Mm-hmm. Trombones everywhere. You know, everybody dancing. Handkerchiefs out. It's going to be fantastic. Anyways. Okay. Enough. We'll, we'll plan all that later. We will. The Irish uh, wake later on. So I, I thought about this. This has been a tough week. Tough week it has. for some ACC teams. Who should we start with? I mean, I can give you the Virginia Let's, perspective because. First, you know, there are five stages to grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Each team. We're going to talk about where we are in these stages of grief for those mm-hmm. teams. But let's get out of the way right now. A team who has no grieving going on, nonstop party. It's a party. Over in Louisville. It always is there. Unstoppable. Yeah. National champs, 31 and 0. Stop, no, no, stop settle me down. before I dig something. Settle down. Dig my hole okay. in too deep. You here. are. The revitalization of Louisville, I think I agree with Mike about this. It's, it has to do with Stephen Enoch. Okay. George War is great. But he's pretty much produced That's what he did last year. It so much. Anyway, well, let's continue. Let's talk about the fan base. They're getting up. They're standing up. That Kentucky game is going to be a real thing. It's going to be great. They've always had a really great fan base, though. I mean, it's always been the you know number one ESPN market, all that stuff. That's what people talk about. Because Louisville is just so heavily populated. Yeah. With sports fans. And it's like college it's basketball mm-hmm. is their thing. And they have e-willy little zones at the Yum Center, which I do think is pretty ironic and funny. It's great. <laughs> Do you know what I'm referring to? You're completely lost. No, I'm sorry. You're just joking. You're <laughs> struggling. I, I just Maybe, had we might a, have to have the wake like tomorrow. I, Are you I going was, down tonight? I was shoveling I down it. fried chicken on air to, before we started to delay our start, and uh, I just had like half of a drumstick come back up. So We might have to have both of our funerals. I'll, I'll have to call and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, he died doing what he loved know, because he yeah. was on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll get killed. Is that what you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The thing to me about Louisville, Denial. Here, okay, no, still party. denial because their defense has been fantastic. That Michigan game. The Michigan game was the, the I mean, case example. You could say Michigan was pretty burnt out after like a tough schedule, travel, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. If it weren't for John Teske, Michigan might have scored like 20 points that entire game. That's this year, though. I mean, yeah, but I, I, 
you know, Xavier Simpson completely bothered. The, mm-hmm. the like closeouts, yeah. the length, the ability of Louisville to like stay on the perimeter and really mess with Michigan's ability to shoot. Ball screens not working at all. And, you know, Michigan looks so good, like moving the ball around, movement, getting lots of open looks. So it would always end with some dude like just like stepping into an open three. None of that against Louisville. Well, hold Louisville up, we have we have more information about Michigan though. Who did they beat in Atlantis? I've already blanked Atlantis from my mind. North Carolina. I have to pick this up. Oh yeah, okay. Not playing well. Might not be good. Gonzaga. Sorry. Are we sure about Gonzaga? I think they're yeah, they're a very good team. Was they both good? They're wins. a good team. They're not very good. It was if I was, I mean, it was a little bit worrisome to see Louisville had some struggles on the offensive end, but it wasn't nearly as much as Michigan had in that game. I mean, the Louisville defense just and they're playing at the home. And, you know, Louisville has yet to have the road test. And that's what I'm waiting for against a, a legitimate team. Yeah. They, the only true away game Miami they played was Miami. doesn't count. First game of the season. I'm sorry. That doesn't count. I like Louisville. I picked them to win the league. I'm not trying to rain on your parade over here. Because we are going to have a Louisville parade. Yeah. At the end of the year with their conference champions. Okay? But for now... I want to see them just go in and win at Rupp. Can we get a double-digit win in Rupp? Just the, let's see it. That will be a great game. Also, I believe it's in there. I think it can happen, and I just want to see them do it. And that would really validate, I think, everything they've done at the non-conference. This week, they're playing Texas Tech in Madison Square Garden. Texas Tech has fallen upon harsh times as well. Three consecutive losses. It'll be a good game. So, anyway. Let's talk about grieving, denial, acceptance, with some of these ACC teams, who should we start with? Well, I we, think we have to start with Syracuse. Sure. Hit me. I know they put up the uh, the huge number on Georgia Tech as three-point underdogs. It was a great rallying cry. It happens every single year. I still don't think that Syracuse face, fan base is very enthused. I don't think they think their team has turned a quarter. I think they think it's an anomaly game like Syracuse puts up almost every single year where... You don't expect them to be in a game. And like last year, we talked about it. They beat Duke and Zion Williamson and Cameron. They were the only team to do that. Yeah. I mean, well, they in that game, it's crazy to me. They took 33 three-pointers. Yeah, Buddy was bombs away. I mean, that's... And they, and ma- they made 14, so they, you know, good percentage. And it's just, they are playing pretty fast this season. And the shot selection is something that worries me, like, when they end up not shooting and they choose poor shots and then they, you know, just the defense is still good, but without any semblance of offense in some games, it seems like it's just. And Hughes was great and they need that out of him. They need, I don't know if they need 33 every single time he's on the floor, but they need 20, I feel, right? Yeah. They need, some, I mean, they need, they need somebody who's going to be the guy besides Elijah Hughes. They need another score. I guess. The Syracuse-Georgia Tech game has been a very interesting series the past three years. I'm serious. Have you? Do you remember some of these games? I don't. Okay, never mind. I can't talk to you about this. I don't, yeah. Syracuse fan base, they're waiting for a new coach. They want a new coach. But they're still grateful for the past. So they're in limbo. But they're not in denial. I think they're just grieving. Is that fair? Sure. I mean, I was talking about us. Where are we in the stages of? Hmm. I'm in acceptance. I think Syracuse is just bad. I think they're. I've just, accepted it too. I mean, you know, um, I don't have. I the Iowa game was a a chance for them to sort of sway me. 
and then they just go out there and, and get dropped. I, I a double-digit loss at home. Yeah. Just, yeah. No. We know I, who they are. The Georgia Tech one was a little... I, I am willing to buy your theory. It was an anomaly. But Syracuse I just think is not making the tournament. Against teams who I can don't think. control tempo and, and are a little more deliberate, I think Syracuse is, is not going to have a chance. Let's talk about 0-2 Notre Dame, who just lost to Boston College. Yes. Where are you with them? Oh, uh, denial, absolutely. So they're a good team. Maybe getting into bargaining. No, I just want them to be. I guess I'm bargaining. I'm saying, please. But you're grieving. Give them some shooting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Six and three. I want them to be good. The Boston College one was tough. But Boston College is 2-0, and so, you, I mean, there's always a good outcome for Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He lives right. Half glass full mentality. I guess I just thought, I mean, you know, you hit it right on the nose when you said Notre Dame's still the same team as last year. Yes. And every week, every year, I see, every time I see them, you know, lose by 20 to Maryland and lose by one to Boston College or... This kind of stuff, I and it's only a couple of losses, but they'll find a game where they're massive underdogs and they'll pull an upset this year. Yeah, I mean, like they did last year. I think they'll just or they'll keep it close in a game they're not supposed to. Yeah, I think they'll keep it close in a lot of games. I just they have a lot of guys who are their shooters who are not shooting well. You mean? I mean, start naming names. Gibbs, because it's everybody. Flugs. Hub. Yeah. Yeah. Fluger shooting twenty-seven yeah, percent from three. Yeah, not good at all. You know, it's uh, a problem. Hub shooting thirty three percent, not gonna. I mean, their highest. TJ Gibbs is shooting thirty seven percent from three, which is good, fine, but that's like your best guy, and all these guys are shooters. Can they stop shooting? No, you have. I think you don't you got think to. Gibbs can get to the rim. I think he can. Yeah, they could change it, but I think they get. They do a good job. They get open looks, and if you're getting open looks, take them. Hmm. But you should make them. That's my highly insightful. You know, thought on them. Notre Dame's in a problematic situation. Let's Anyways, go to North Carolina. I, I'm I'm here making deals for Notre Dame. Let's let's get Fine. something done. Let's go to North Carolina. What stage of of grief are you in concerning them? I'll tell you where I am. Hit me. Especially after tonight, and just judging from some of the reactions and some of the comments with, I mean, Huckleberry, I love him. God bless him. Roy Williams just seemed exhausted from this team already, and it's only the 8th of December. So it's not as if this team is not knocking. And, I mean, some of the players think it's going to turn around, the ball's going to start going through the cylinder, and as he said after the Ohio State loss, he's like, you know, or prior to the Ohio State game, he's like, the ball's got to go in the basket. It's not going in for the transfers, I'm sorry. It's not going in for Mr. Playtech, your boy. And Cole Anthony is... I, I want. What do we say? What do we want to call Cole Anthony right now? He's like a best of a bad recruiting class. No, not not a bad freshman class. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is I, he like the Scalabissier this year? No, that's a little harsh, but yeah, that's way. You too know harsh. what I'm saying? It's way too much. He could still get his, but. I mean, I'd take Kobe White over him any day, and I'd take I, Joe I Barry over him both, any day. Both, so, both. Um, more from this North Carolina team. Here, here's Garrison Brooks. Where's Garrison Brooks been recently? Here's the he's thing. Just, I mean, I, I barely even noticed he's on the floor. Aside from, and maybe this is what Roy Williams was talking about when he's saying, I can't find a way to push buttons. Aside from, you know, guy shooting percentages or whatever, all this kind of stuff. They need to play faster if they're going to be like a true UNC team. Mm-hmm. And they're playing pretty fast. I mean, they're playing at the 71st 
fastest pace in the nation per Ken Palm. But if you look back in the previous years at UNC, they're always top 10, top five. I mean, they're they're pushing it super hard. And they don't seem to play with that sort of pace. Or, you know, they're top 50 at least. You know what else and is wrong with this team? They're not pushing. They're not getting yeah. big guys down on the block in transition. They're no, Nothing's walking. easy for them right now. Yeah. And they're not going on runs. They're not going on scoring spurts. For example... I think the best one they had against Ohio State was when Anthony Dre back to back threes, like six point six oh run. Like that's pretty much the threshold. Against Virginia, they were I mean, I don't know if they went on anything better than a four oh run. There's none of those Carolina break points yeah, where they, they get a had big like, guy running the floor and he just beats his man down the floor and gets a wide open. We layup. need to see like the ten two run. Yeah. I'm still waiting for they that. They don't have it. I mean, they had it against Elon to start yeah. the second half, but I mean, come on. That game was close and it should have been. They kind of had a Notre Dame in the first game of the season, but that's it. You know, they they're not pushing it down fast enough. They're not getting it down on the block early on in the in the possession, not moving in transition, I think. And they're doing it sometimes, but it's just they that maybe that's what Roy was saying. The aggressiveness, the pace is not there. I worry about a lot of these players. I worry about Leaky Black. I worry um certainly about your boy, <laughs> Playtech. I worry about Justin Pierce a lot. Like I'm not sure he's good. And sometimes you just whiff on these transfer guys. Yeah. When they come to the ACC, it's just a different ballgame. Anyway, Carolina, certainly grieving. And How do you feel about Bacot? He, he was really good today. Yeah. And he was playing with a, a swole ankle. It was a little bit swollen. Yeah, he, I think they need him to uh, I think they need to get him the ball more. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like a lot more. And I think they need to work through him. Carolina was at its best in this game against Virginia when they were at the beginning of the second half. And they were passing it to their interior players, and they were doing interior passing, which is a staple of this program. And they went away from it. And I don't know if that was yeah, Anthony. They're not playing this. This. Can I tell you something that I noticed during this game as well? Cole Anthony and Mamadi Diakite, and even Casey Morsell, were just throwing another player in here. Look really good when they're out there, but the shots they're taking are tough because they're you know. They're going to be, you know, really textbook highlight real plays when they make them, you know, spinning, fading, firing, and they're doing it confidently. They're just not making them very often. That's what I feel about Anthony. If you're a good shooter, keep shooting. Yeah. So they tell him. No, but I mean, yeah. do you understand my yes. gist here? Yeah. Like, okay, power dribble, spin, shoot, mid-range jump shot. Fade away mid-range jump shot, yeah. Yeah, they look good doing it. Good form, but it's not going in. Especially, I, I kind of feel like Anthony even should shoot more, but he should just take the threes with no conscience. When It's it's that kind of game that really suits him. Or yeah. go all the way to the basket. Nothing in between. You know, James Harden. Maybe with less, like, wind-up. He was and way in between against Virginia, and he turned the ball over a lot. So yeah. And he's bad at the stripe. So, anyway, that's North Carolina. Let's go to Virginia. Oh. I think... Maybe den- maybe denial is a good <clears throat> term to throw at them because even though the offense you know stumbled all the way into the the depths I guess and the three point shooting was at the ultimate depths of college basketball you know the fan base in general and we're saying well you know what a great defense nobody can score on this team and then eventually they get uh, they got exposed against Purdue I'm I'm just in depression about it uh and maybe borderline I've accepted it I guess you know they are who they are right great mm-hmm. defense they yeah. the offense is just not going to be there I kept we kept saying I keep asking myself is it ever going to get to a passable level this season 
I don't think I, it is. Yeah, I don't think so either. Jay Huff, you keep telling me Jay Huff, one of their best two I, best I'm three I'm still in the bandwagon. It was not a good um, outing for uh, our clan, our our posse today. If they, you know, but if, uh, you know what? There's extra room. People it, are fleeing the bandwagon. It's okay. We have some extra seats available now. If there it was, was a packed, statistic, and now it's yeah. If there was a statistic for most passed up open three point looks. I mean, it would well, be. Well, is it an open three if you're seven feet tall? If you're seven one, is it? There, an open there are three? times where guys are like 15 feet from him, and he just like will keep passing it around the perimeter. He looks, he looks scared. Where's the Jay Huff with swag? That's what I want to know. From last year, you know, last year, you last yeah, year, he's know. trying to dunk on Zion. He's trying to like posterize. That's a great people. question. And now, now he's like, he looks timid. He That's legitimate. He doesn't yeah. want to shoot. There's no rhythm. What happened? He might be in his head too much. I mean, he's not feeling out there. Yeah. It's also. I had this theory coming into the Carolina game for Virginia that's, okay, if this team wants to turn it around and not have a disaster like Purdue, it's going to have to be Mamadi and Jay Huff saying, all right, you know what? We're taking this over. You and I are shooting a lot of shots either from beyond the arc or in the paint, and we're going down with us guns blazing. But you know what? I was completely wrong. It went the other direction. That's so against Jay Huff. He he can't do that. Well, Never mind. I said for this team to right, be I know. I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it went the other way. You know the lineup in like the final ten minutes. Yeah, was McCoy, Statman, Gafaro, Clark, and who am I missing? Uh, who am I missing? Not Marcel. No, no, he was out. Diakite and Huff were out for a good deal. I mean, it was just amazing. It was mind-boggling. I mean, Tony Bennett is getting started on next year's season already. That's the lineup from next year. No, it's not. I'm just you, saying. You don't know what's happening next but year. But all those guys, and Walden Oh, Walden yeah, Walden Tensai. Tensai. Yeah. Who, okay. Walden Tensai and Statman both hit some shots. It's yeah. like kind of the people you you everybody optimistically talked themselves into. Like, oh, they're if you good have, shooters. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that um, meaningful minutes were going to be played by this that starting five, not starting five, but this five on the floor: Waldo, Statman, <coughs> McCoy, Cafaro, and Clark. I would have said you're nuts, but it happened. So anyway, so they, like I said, this is going to be the Jerry uh, rigging offense this year. We're just going to find yeah. little ways and figure it out and I scrap. Can't, so I can't see it coming to anything. I, I've come to acceptance of that. So a, a, a fantastic fifth place finish in the ACC. Yeah, I think that's about right. Maybe ish, somewhere in there. Yeah, four, five, right? Four is to me. It feels optimistic. Are you grieving point. any other ACC teams? I'm right grieving now? everybody. Who else? I mean Miami. Oh, and I'm I'm still in denial. I'm still bargaining about Miami. You're still thinking. I'm that still making excuses. You still think likes is going to just lead them to the promised land? Well, first of all, they did win that Illinois game, which was huge. Oh, yeah, it was good. Um, and you like Illinois. I don't know why. I like them. I do. I, just, I think well, I just... I'll tell you what. Illinois should have won the Maryland game. Yeah. They completely yeah, they gave came it away. Back, yeah. It was an awful hand away. Just atrocious. But but Miami definitely didn't look good bringing back in that game. And the way they won that game was ultimately they had to have likes take the charge call. Mm-hmm. Like, that was crucial. But likes played really well. Uh, maybe the biggest news for them was right before the game, they announced uh, Dan Gak was out for the season uh, with the knee injury. I think it's the same injury he had last year, so he's gone for the entire season. But Keith Stone came back in their last game. He only played a few minutes, but maybe he'll be a little spark. I'm hoping. See, this is the the okay. denial bargaining yeah, we're talking I understand. about. You know, but uh, I don't know. I don't hold any hope that the D will get better. I don't think that's very good. But uh, 
when they when you know Vasilovich hits and they can kind of generate a little more offense, I, I believe in them. This is the saddest defense of a basketball team you're ever going to hear in your life. But okay, let's move on to another team. What do we think about Virginia Tech right now? Three straight losses after the monumental Michigan State win in Maui, which is not looking great by the day because Michigan State has some serious flaws. What do we think about Virginia Tech? I tell you what, I'm not grieving for Virginia Tech at all. I'm not either. Um, if, if you're worried about those three wins, those are three good teams. Dayton, you mean BYU, their losses? Lost, sorry. Dayton's losses. tremendous. I love that Dayton team. Dayton is a great team. Duke, They're a great of course, team. whatever. And then BYU is a very underrated team. And I'll I, say this. The Duke score was deceptive. The final score is deceptive. This game was a one-possession contest all the way up until like the eight-minute mark-ish of the second half. Tech was dictating the first half. They were playing from the lead from about a, a one to two possession range, yeah. give or take. And in the second half, they were right there. I, I thought the final score was a little bit deceiving compared to how they played. I thought they played well. I mean, when Mike Young came in with a depleted team and like kind of got a couple guys to stay and then went 6-0 and and beat Michigan State, it was pretty much a win for the entire season for Virginia Tech. Like much. They shot five of 20 from three and were still like in the game. Yeah. They were, they were there. I'm okay with that loss. Yeah, I mean... I, it felt like a 7-point loss, not a 14-point loss. If we're talking about grieving, they are the, the New Orleans second line. You know, they're going to party all the way to a, a mid-tier finish in the ACC and maybe yeah, miss a fine. tournament bid. And I'm I'm here for it. Are I'm sure it's going to be it. mid-table? I don't know. I'm you know. sure? You know, I, I if it were up to me, every team would finish above 8th in the ACC. Mm-hmm. But math. Well, you know who's tied for um, the top of the conference right now is Boston College. Oh, yeah. Would you like to say something about I your just, team? I, they pleasantly surprised me. I think that uh, Derek Thornton and Jay Heath, that kind of combo right there, might quietly be the biggest revelation in the ACC this season. Okay, settle down. Which is calm down. You know, it's hard for you to hear. This is tough news. Um, I know. Can you, we revisit that comment <laughs> in about two weeks? Well, Derek Thornton has really outperformed. He's really doing what he never did, I guess, at Duke or USC, and then. Uh, Jay Heath, like no one saw that coming, right? I think he was a three-star guy, and he's been really great. I, he had 16 points in that last one. I, you know, it's okay. not Nick Popovich's team anymore, and yeah. I mean that as a compliment. All right, do we grieve Georgia Tech at all? No, they've just got their pitchforks out. I'm serious, fan base in general. I've had enough of this. I mean, especially getting drubbed at home like that, 97-63. Like this is a Georgia Tech team who's known for its defense. Yeah, I, mean, I was surprised. I I'm, I was here for a moment for the uh, Georgia Tech as spoiler. You know, like can't mm-hmm. ban from postseason play, but will somehow mess everybody else's plans up and you know do yeah. something. And maybe I'm still holding out hope for that, um, but it's going to be tough. Oh, forgot about the Clemson Tigers. Do you have any words? I mean. I, I've accepted the Minnesota that, performance was really bad. Yeah, they are what they are. Okay. Right? So what are they? A six-win team in the conference? Like eight? No, eight? no, six. I, I take it back. What do you think? Yeah, six seems right, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and look at games. It's let's, time. Let's talk about Florida State real quick because this is a team also that I'm still. You know, they've had a good season, but that Indiana loss was, fine. was tough. No, that's just an assembly hall game. Do you think it happens every single That was year. more about Indiana? No, it's just an assembly hall non conference game where Indiana gets hot. There's a vibe in the arena. The fans have not gone through 
I don't know, tumultuous times. Yeah, I think Indiana looked really good. Yeah, we'll see if that lasts. I mean, I Wait think... Wait till the Indiana lose to somebody they shouldn't lose to well, game caps long, because I think that's still going to happen with this team. So They're better that, than last year. I, I will give you that, but... In that in- game, Indiana took 38 free throws, which is true to their style, because I mean, they... It happens all the time with that They team. draw free throws at the number one rate in the nation. Mm-hmm. But Florida State generally is very good at at avoiding fouling. So they outscored Florida State by 16, which was coincidentally... Are, are they really? Exact margin of victory. Are, yeah. are you looking at numbers right now? I'm looking at the numbers. Okay. But I'm saying traditionally. We don't have a huge sample size this season. They're top 50 What about last year? Let me bring up some history. I mean, they played denial defense, so I, I've, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I find that hard to believe that they're really good at not fouling. I feel like I've seen a lot of games, especially when they've gone up against Duke or something like that, where they're just... You know, somebody's in the bonus by the under 16 or something. I'm sorry. I told you the wrong thing. Good. They, I'm glad that my eyes are <laughs> not deceiving me. Good, and, good. Oh, they foul so much. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I knew it. Okay. You know what? Uh, this is why the I, eye I test. I just started talking. I let it go. This they is why so- the eye test is still important, Taylor, and it means something. And and historically, they have always fouled. Okay, good. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not crazy. So you're crazy. Yeah. Oh, How I, dare you? I am crazy. You're in denial. I'm. In, I am in denial. Mm-hmm, yeah. And this goes to my point that the thing that, okay, yeah. So the thing that gets me or that I worry about for Florida State this year is that because they play denial defense, you know, that high pressure, super aggressive, and they foul a lot. Leonard Hamilton has always gone to his bench. Yeah. And he is still doing that this year. But I feel like there's a big drop-off this year. At Once you get out of those like top guys like Walker, Forrest, Vassal, maybe Olenishak. I'm never going to say his name right. The guy from Ole it's Miss. Okay. Yeah. Raekwon Gwe, I like him. But, you know, may, it's a big drop-off to guys like Raekwon Evans. You know, that's a big drop-off to get minutes right there. Patrick Williams is okay, but kind of unsteady. It's just... They don't have the depth that they once had for a team that historically has used that depth. As well, a great I got news for you. This is the year of depth and the year of the bench. Look around. Look how many Carolina players are getting minutes right now. Like Roy is going all the way down the bench. I don't know if he's trying to prove a point to his starters. He definitely was doing that against Ohio State. Or he's just grasping at straws. Virginia has extended to a deeper bench. And look at Duke. All right, do you want to hear the Duke minutes yes. from the Virginia Tech game? Hurt sixteen. Talk White, about Joey 22. Baker. Carey had 15. Stanley was seven. He's on a minutes restriction, I believe, coming back from injury. Oh, absolutely. He was. Jones played pretty much the entire way, 36 minutes. And then you had Wendell Moore Jr., 27. Delaria, 12. Baker, 20. Goldwire, 30. O'Connell, 15. That's a 10 man Duke rotation. That's well, unheard of. And then, Taylor, I mean, like, um, North Carolina played 15 guys today. So it's a real thing. I know you. 15 guys? You don't want to admit it, but you need to. That's. That's an so internet video to Virginia, waiting to happen. Duke, Florida State, keep going down the line. Okay, well, you know what? He's here. Vegas Mike Jaffe now joins us on the line, and we're going to pick some games, which is uh, his favorite activity. And I know he's been watching a lot of college basketball. He's not been diverted like the rest of the sports media world into college football or the NFL. He's been uh, on target. He's been on brand. So, Vegas Mike, what's up? Yeah, what's up, guys? Sorry I missed the uh, early podcast. Uh, how are you all? Do you guys uh, get some good work done? Yeah, I don't want to know where you are right now. I just don't want to know. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, as usual, I'm in the uh, in the bunker. But uh, you know, if I can imagine you guys, the two of you, just talking for 47 minutes about basketball, just alone in the Charlottesville studio. Sounds like uh, I could fast forward to minute 48, where it can finally oh, get a little interesting. Sweet of you to say. Sweet of you wow. to say. Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> From the man who bailed on the in-person visit. You know, you missed some, some in-person basketball today. I know. I, I can't know. believe How about it. Those, How about those Cavaliers, You man? missed it. I, well, I was, too, I was too busy doubling up my bankroll. I no longer have a mortgage thanks to that game. <laughs> well, I mean, there was an easier play in the day, and it was called the Dayton Flyers, who I've adopted oh, this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was that line? The St. Mary's game, I assume? Four. Easiest play on the board. Four. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Okay, so speaking of picking ATS, which is how we roll, because Taylor, life is against the spread. That's right. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. What do you have for us? (laughs) Tuesday, the Jimmy V Classic, Madison Square Garden. Uh Uh-oh. The number one team in the country is going to be involved. Your... Louisville Cardinals mm-hmm. versus Texas Tech. Louisville, the eight-point favorite. Will the party continue? It's only a party Ooh, if they cover eight ATS. Points. It's kind of a yeah, lot. I mean, you got you to assume it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Otherwise, I, I bet the spread would be in double digits. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I kind of I like uh, Texas Tech to show out a little bit here and uh, cover eight points against Louisville. Texas Tech can score the basketball. Is the freshman playing uh, for Texas Tech? Taylor, do you have an injury update? On, I don't know. We uh, should we should find that like, out before we start Jake, picking. Jahiri, right? I think, is his first name. Yeah. I mean, he is like their dominant scoring presence. So, I mean, I, I don't know, but Moretti, man, Moretti doesn't lose, lose by double digits. I mean, also, he's too, too proud. You know, I actually am thinking about agreeing with you, but I might not. But look at what Louisville's <laughs> done so far. Home, 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 home. I'm counting Miami as home. Home, 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 home. <laughs> Neutral Western Kentucky, home Michigan, home some, pit. Just, yeah. No respect for the Coral Gables. It has been. It's been a yummy, yummy early season for <laughs> Louisville. So maybe at, where's this, MSG, right? Yes, in the garden. <sighs> oh no! I can't. I can't go against this team. This team's uh, too good. Jameis Ramsey, the the freshman. I got to stay on brand. Give it to Louisville. I'm going un- against Mike. Unknown whether he will return for the game against Louisville for Texas Tech. Oh, he'll be there. He'll be there. He doesn't miss a game like this. I like Texas Tech. I like their ability to score the basketball against this Louisville team, who's been stifling defensively. That, that's an oxymoron. Texas Tech. Give me, give me Texas Tech all day. Give me Louisville. The party continues. They'll cover. Yeah. It'll be fine. I'm worried about this Texas Tech team right now. Three straight losses. But could this be a back-against-the-wall game for Texas Tech? That's the um, counter. The beard. The, the beard. beard. Give me Louisville. In I don't cold care. Weather. Give me Louisville as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, they'll like the lights. They'll want to yeah, show out in uh, MSG. Next game, I'm Taylor. I'm picking up points on you guys left and right, man. I yeah, I you are. For, I was 8-2 and two in the Big Ten Challenge. That was good. Not by my account. But I'm 1-0-1 in lock of the week. <laughs> well, that is what matters. I've got to push and I've got to win. Taylor, next game. Wednesday, outside the conference, Michigan, one-point favorites at Illinois. Oh, that's so easy. Mm. I only get... picked this game because this can't be right. It's got to change, right? It'll be Michigan by three at, at tip-off. Uh, give me Michigan. Uh, me too. Illi- I, I've seen Illinois let me down too many times. Yeah. As a person yeah, who likes I... that team. I, yeah, I really like Illinois. I thought they played a great game against Maryland. This yeah, they weekend. did. They were, they were get, catching 10 points um, on the road in Maryland, covered that easily, almost won the game. They should have won the game. They gave it away. Yeah, deep three by Callen there at the end of the game. No, but if the hook and, shot goes in prior to that, it's over. I mean, that little baby hook yeah. on the baseline, the, the Zwicker yeah. special. I mean, if that yeah, goes in, know, then. 
the Illini are so turnover dependent, and if there's one thing Michigan has done for a decade, it's not turned the ball over. So mm-hmm. you just got to you got to go with Michigan. They they rebounded nicely after the Louisville win to uh, or after the Louisville loss to get a big win this weekend. So yeah. I like them here. I like them to beat the Illini. Give me Michigan lock of the week. I love Michigan coming off a loss as well. They don't lose two this um in this time span. I'm on Michigan. Lock too. it in. Okay, next Thursday. On a night without much college basketball, good in-state rivalry here. Iowa at Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State, your three-point favorites. What? Wow, Iowa favorite here. Why? Yeah. I mean, I'm projecting. We don't know the official line, but I'll take Iowa as an underdog. They're playing good basketball right now. Iowa yeah, State I'm is going to play Seton Hall in yeah, between. I agree. Iowa State's yeah. not a very good team. No, they're not. They're not. They really needed Horton Tucker to stay. An extra year, I think that that would have been huge for them. Um, yeah, they haven't been good to start. They just not. They don't have a. They haven't found their shooting stroke. They're just, I think, bottom third in the NCAA uh, shooting percentage. And yeah, I, I like Iowa here. I liked what they did against Syracuse. Um, they totally ruined my online uh, betting account to the point where I just had to text message Taylor with a. Uh, a three-word phrase of mistakes were made, and then we we just moved on with our lives. Um, so you know, once once another team does that to you, you tend to respect them. So yeah, go go Iowa, go Luke Garza. Garza's playing great. A lot of answers down low for him. So, Luke Garza. Yeah, I like Iowa. Yeah. Give me Iowa State here. All right. Opposite okay. you guys. I'm All telling right. you, it's not the team you think of. They don't shoot well at three, but they don't shoot that many threes. Really high percentage. Get the ball, work it around, get easy looks, play fast. I like Iowa State. Can I be the house okay. here for you, Taylor? Just no. call me. You can always. Call oh yeah, me. I'll call you. Yeah, <laughs> we can do something like uh, not that confident. A fried chicken meal because Ugh. you just like wolfed out a bunch of fried chicken and uh, tater wedges. So yeah. maybe we'll do a wager like that. Oh, you ate you ate those in the studio, Taylor? I mean, before we recorded. Oh, he went a whole <laughs> full scale gas station chicken pickup before coming over here. It's glorious. Oh, geez. I'm sure that place is just a cesspool. It's just oh. all bud heavies and fried chicken and Taylor's like, you, you went to the game earlier, so you got your like game sweat going too. You're just, you're probably just like a forehead is glistening yeah. a oh, little bit. Oh, here's a great story. Oh, I um, run into Taylor because he's walking by um, Press Row and he's holding a hot dog bun, just the bun. <laughs> because you know called? it's called a funny. Yeah, exactly. It was a great sight. I wish you were there. Okay, yeah, on to the next game. That is good. Friday night, West Coast, Gonzaga at Arizona. Arizona, your two point favorites. Well, Taylor, I know you're a big you're a big Mannion fan. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm all on Arizona. Thing. I'm all in on Arizona here. Did you watch the last at outing? Home. No. No, you didn't? Okay, no, well, didn't. <laughs> that explains a lot. Is that the Oregon game? Wait, what game? Wait, who do Arizona played? Who they lost the to Baylor. They, yeah, it they was lost bad. to Baylor. I knew they were green. But they lost to Baylor yeah. on the road, so I'm willing to forgive it. Hmm. You're generous. Yeah. Okay. I think I. You Wait, know, are, we, are we talking Baylor Butler or are we talking something else? What are we talking? Uh, what game? Right now, we're talking how Arizona lost to Baylor, and we're talking Arizona hosting Gonzaga. Arizona two point favorites. Hmm. Okay, this game is where is it? It's in Arizona. I think it's. I think they're undervalued because of that loss to Baylor. Hmm. Mike, what do you think? Do you want me to go first? 
No, 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 I don't. You're ready. You ready? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. I'm ready. I mean, to me, you know, Arizona when they play well, you know, it's kind of like you know when you only decorate the front of the Christmas tree. You know, the back of the Christmas tree is just kind of like bare. I don't think that there's any true backbone to this Arizona team. I, I don't. I don't like Chase Jeter down low. I don't think that they have anything special. I like Mark Few in this matchup. If you're going to go like locks of the week or whatever. Gonzaga is absolutely going to throttle Arizona. I thought I thought Arizona looked very vulnerable against Wake Forest. You know, just yeah. could go. You almost pulled that one off. Yeah, you almost got that crazy. one. It was, a, it was a one possession game. Um, or what about the about Pepperdine game? Do you remember that? Yeah, and the Pepperdine game before that, and then, and then there was a game before that too. So I think Arizona is just vulnerable right now, and I, I don't like them in this matchup against a talented Zags team. Um, there's no way that Jeter's going to be able to cover anyone like. Tilly or anyone like that. I mean, it's just it's going to be a nightmare matchup across the board for. Uh, Don't for come for Chase Jeter yeah. on my watch, okay? <laughs> you know, he's still he's defying NCAA rules by keeping one leg rolled up. That is no longer allowed, and they need to key him up for that. Uh, the uniform violation. Question authority. That's the what only I thing say. I'm worried about is is Petrusev going to get to the line in this game at Arizona. Yeah. Do you think I mean, he he, I, he might not get as many attempts, but he's he's getting there quite often. So I still like Gonzaga this one. Arizona the bigs, Arizona bigs, are an enthusiastic group. I mean, there's like a collection of energy guys, and I think if you look at their fouls committed, uh, you know, per forty or whatever, I think it's probably pretty high. So I actually like his chance to get to the line. Um, yeah, it's yeah, an away give game. Me Zags all day. It's a yeah, give me the Zags. I'll take Gonzaga too. Taylor, make it a consensus, or just take your Arizona Wildcats. Arizona. Okay, fine. Yeah. All right. Um, we haven't given Taking the public the any great uh, information because we've been divided in every single game. Are we going to do Baylor-Butler? It's if, just fun to say Butler-Baylor-Baylor-Butler. If you want to. I would like to. Let me get the projected line for that. I've got news for you guys. Huge fan of this Butler team. Mm. Huge fan. Loved what really? they did against Florida. They were down early in that game, and they said, you know what? We're better, and we're going to shoot our way out of this thing. They're rating very highly on offense right now. They have not lost a game. They've got some decent win. Well, you know, they've got a lot of solid wins. So they just reeled off five solid wins in a row. Five top um, 75 wins in a row. That's yes. good for the non-conference, wow. right? Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, the projected line is uh, Baylor, your four-point favorites. Baldwin is shooting well. Hasn't taken a ton of threes. I'd like to, for him to take a few more. Take a few more yeah, tomorrow. Why not? I think, I think Butler's Butler's on fire too. Though I mean, they've they've really been uh, cover monsters recently. No, that's, that's what I'm like, talking about. Butler. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Baylor. No, I'm Baylor. I'm talking about Kamar uh, Baldwin. Baldwin. Kamar Baldwin. He, he plays for yeah, Butler. Yeah. Well, anyway. right, right, right. I knew that. I thought before when you were talking about. Uh, the top seventy-five wins that you're talking about. Yeah, no, Baylor. I'm talking about Butler, who's real off. Okay, wait, that's four. Sorry, not five. Four recently. Yeah, gave the business to Florida. On they did. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they both and like had I said, I like that they recently. were down in that game early, and they just stayed the course. I mean, this team just. I mean, they don't waver at home. This game is at Baylor, which concerns me a little bit. But I'll take them as a four-point underdog. Give it to me. I'll take Ooh. Butler. All right, Taylor. Who you got? Um, In an upset, give it to me. Money line. 
four points seems I, I feel like this could be a really great game. Could be close. Four points seems a little much. Uh, but maybe just to be different from Luke, I'm going to go with Baylor. I really like the way they've been playing. Butler doesn't get to the line. Um, if they turn the ball over at any... They've been very good at protecting the ball, but if they turn the ball over at all, this game could get away from them. I, I like the Baylor defense to do something like that. So I'm, I'm a little Baylor bit worried here. about the glass, but that's the only thing I'm worried about in this game. Yeah, yeah, I'd be worried about the glass. And the, just the overall pace of the game, too. It's going to be a slow game. I mean... Butler's a very deliberate team offensively. I just think it could be a lot of long shot clocks for them. Um, I, I like Baylor at home in this matchup. Okay. Uh, yeah, give, give me their advantage on the glass, the ability to create more possessions. Probably get a few foul calls at home as well. Um, I think that they, they're not the better team, but I think they get you your cover at home. So give me Baylor. Fair enough. Next game. That's, Go. That same night, Xavier Three-point favorites at Wake. Oh, three? Three. It's going to go up. That settle line has to settle go up. down for a minute. I don't like the Savior team. <laughs> Do you? I, I mean, I don't like it, but Wake, I mean, Wake is in total free fall after that Arizona game and after the multiple, you know, in-team suspensions. I mean, they are just... So, I mean, Danny, Danny has lost the team. I, you know, I know last podcast I was like, Get get your uh, get your contract ready. He's going to get a renewal. Uh, you know they're making the NCAA tournament. But literally, ever since I said that sentence, everything has fallen apart. They're the worst <laughs> team in the ACC. <laughs> yeah, oh, so, I mean, I don't know. It's I I won't. I can't. I couldn't be paid to watch this game. Uh, you know, I, so, this is a Taylor Pilkington special. It's like I the mean, Paul so, Boston College. So everything, everything, everything you're telling me is saying that we should just take the points with Xavier or give the points with Xavier on the road and just, you know, that's can't miss. Uh, I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't like, I don't like unpredictable teams where you don't know where they're at, um, you know, mentally. So I feel that way with Wake Forest. I, it's just too inconsistent for me. So I, I don't know. I would stay away from it. But if I had to pick, I guess I'd pick Xavier. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably pick Xavier going into this matchup. So Xavier coming off a win over Cincinnati, a.k.a. Cincinnati, they got Jared Cumberland, which is my new term that yeah. I'm going to tag oh, on. You're not a fan. Yeah, you're not That's a fan. right. That's right. The Xavier coach, I saw a video of him on Twitter walking into like their big sports bar in uh, on campus at Xavier, and he dropped $1,000 he brought his son, who's like four or five years old, in all twenties. He dropped fifty twenties on the on the bar and said, "Buy these, you know, drinks for everyone in the house." <laughs> so yeah, just just for that alone, I, I'm going to pick Xavier. That, that's the kind of coach I, I can root for. One of the reasons this line might be that close is because this is Xavier's first true road game of the entire season, which is wild to me that. They've played 10 games. And He's been be to Winston-Salem recently? No, I'm just saying, you know, there's it's always... It's going to be like a tropical tournament down there. I'm any, sorry. Any any travel is. Is, is different. Okay. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. I'll take Xavier. Sure, why not? All right, let's move on. That Later that night, another Taylor special that you guys, I'm sure, will enjoy picking. NC State, two-point favorites at UNC Greensboro. What are we doing here? Tell me why we shouldn't just be time. piling on the Wolfpack. Only two here? points. What's going on? Mike, feel free to hang up at any time. No respect. But you have to give your lock before you do. Yeah. No, my lock is Gonzaga. That's an easy one. (laughs) Okay. Um, I mean, UNCG, you know, they're still good. They're still good. They're still uh, defensive stalwarts out there. But 
I tell you, um, you, you know, again, another game that you couldn't pay me to pick. Um, or watch or by, unless it's sponsored by Roman, and you're going to. You know what? We literally do pay you to pick on this podcast. That's what you're paid for. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess I would take. NC uh, State has been better, you know, recently, but they're still the, one of the worst teams. What's the spread uh, in the ACC? So. Anybody? I guess if it's one of the worst would... teams in the ACC. Calm down. I, I would pick UNCG just because they're, <laughs> they're, better, <laughs> they're better and Taylor likes NC State. So I would take UNCG. Now that, that is a compelling argument. It's at UNCG. That's right. I'll, I'll take NC State, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Give me the Wolfpack. What is it? Three points spread? It's two points. Okay, fine. Yeah, let's give me. Next game, please. All right, moving on to Saturday. Big time Old Big East rivalry, Syracuse at Georgetown. Oh. Oh, this one is fun. Mike, any Syracuse thoughts? We, we went over some, but I, I want your take. <laughs> no, I have zero Syracuse thoughts. I mean, I can't I, – I just – I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened um, to the Orange over the past two years, but this is not the team – you know, that I that I used to know and love. Um, Georgetown itself, though, I mean, they're – talk about another team that's kind of having the wheels fall off. I mean, yeah, I, had, what, I, they, I disagree. They I mean, I know you've two, got the inner turmoil. Yeah. But I feel like they're going to come out of this. You do? You think Patrick's going to write the show? I, I mean, I really do. I don't think they've been that bad this year. I thought they were good against Duke, even though that game got away from them a little bit. I mean, it was only a single-digit loss, but, they, I mean, they were up in that game – and then had some rough um, rough whistles. And recently, I like the Oklahoma State win. That's nothing to scoff at. It's on the road. That is, that is a huge win. Nothing I mean, to Oklahoma scoff State at. Oklahoma State is good. Yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma State is good. We just got back-to-back road wins. I don't think that they have a great home floor, but um, they take out the Syracuse team. It yeah. Definitely, they did. Georgetown, mean, yeah. I almost want to change my lock, but I have Michigan already installed, so I'll just stay with it. Georgetown turns the ball over a lot, and they play really fast. So if you're thinking, do you think Syracuse is going to press? Because they've been good at generating turnovers, and if you think they can control the pace of the they game, they might press. That would be the thing. I I, that being said, this They're is home. the this is the glorious return of Omar Yurt Seven to the ACC. Give me Georgetown, okay. even giving the points. Okay. Syracuse, I don't Mike, trust that. What was the line again? What's four the line? points. Four points. Georgetown, your four-point favorite. And they're playing at home? Yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. You got to get all day. <laughs> give me give me, the, give me McClung. Give me Ewing. I, there's just there's not enough points. I know. <laughs> for Syracuse. I yeah. just they just can't. They cannot score the basketball. What are, we, uh, I, what are we missing here? You know what it is? You know what the problem is? Jim Beheim never took his son to cut down his own Christmas tree. Huh. That's, That's true. That's what it is. That's what it is. You know, he never instilled that character in him. He's, he should have taken each of those players down. They should have cut down each their own tree. That would have instilled the toughness that they needed. That would have been their training montage. It'd be that a great upstate guy. activity, I think, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Joe Gerard probably does it every year by dragging, himself. Uh, dragging a Christmas tree through the sun of, or through the snow of uh, upstate New York. That's what this team needed. But no, they're a bunch of, bunch of softies. Hey. That's not, how, that's not who they are. Hey, let me tell you something, Mike. Need to be. This kid, Joe Gerard. He had a summer job, <laughs> summer, and I mean summer in Syracuse, cutting down Christmas trees, and he'd haul them on his back by himself to individual houses. That's how tough this kid is, upstate kid, Joe Girard. 
Uh, oh gosh. Well, cheers, yeah. boys. That was fun. Yeah. It yeah, seems it too fun. easy. The picks seem too easy this week. Let's review locks. Mike is three and zero because we gave him two for his first win, which was a pit money line. So we're gonna keep giving that caveat the rest of the season. It'll be a little disclaimer. You're three and zero. I'm one zero and one. And I don't know what Taylor. What's your record right now on locks? Uh, I think I've generally avoided giving locks every podcast. Well, then just well, let me. Slide well, thanks so for nothing. Uh, All right. L- later, folks. NC we'll see State you next this time. week. <laughs> uh.